0: Today is December 29th, 2018. Welcome to Native Calgarian. Native Cal- Calgarian is being recorded on the lands of the Blackfoot Confederacy. The Blackfoot south of the imposed U.S.-Canadian border are the Blackfeet. North of the border are the Siksika, Gunai, and Bakani of the Confederacy. These lands are now Treaty 7, signed in 1877, with signatories that include the Blackfoot Confederacy, the Stony Nakoda, now Wesley, Chiniki, and Bearspaw Nations, and the Sutina Nation. We acknowledge all First Nation, Métis, Inuit status, and non-status across Turtle Island as the keepers of this land. Hoki, okay, I'm Mekochis ches aki or Red Thunder Woman in Blackfoot. My spirit name is Red Thunder Woman given to me in ceremony. My humblest apologies to the Blackfoot elders and language keepers as I tried to learn the proper pronunciation on your lands. I honour the Blackfoot uh, and I'm grateful to be a visitor here. Um, I'm Michelle Robinson and I was born in Calgary as Michelle Elliot, another very English name which has afforded me great privilege in an English colonial world. My mother is Northern Slavey Dene or Satu Dene, but my Indian Act imposed Post status card by the Canadian government has the English term Yellowknives Dene. My father is so Canadian that I am a daughter of the Mayflower, a daughter of the American Revolution, while having an Indian Act imposed Post status card. I acknowledge my Dene lineage, that I was born in Calgary, but my family is not part of the Treaty 7 signatories. My Dene lineage roots me up into the land of the Hare People, also called the Great Bear Lake People in Treaty 11. I'm a native to Turtle Island, and my Dene Nation is a visitor to this area that we call Klincho Tene in Satu Dene, meaning Many Horse Town, which was named after the Calgary Stampede. Land acknowledgements are critical to creating a safer space for Indigenous as well as honoring the host as a guest. So thank you again to the Blackfoot. Um, any mistakes or misinterpretations are on me. I encourage questions so that misunderstandings can be cleared up as soon as possible. I do not speak on behalf of all Indigenous, but I can share what I know as I walk down the Red Road. If you're experiencing emotional distress after hearing anything we talk about today uh, or want to talk, call the First Nation and Inuit Hope for Wellness Helpline at 1-855-242-3310. It's toll free and open twenty four hours a day, seven days a week. To the non indigenous, there are distress centre lines um, in your area as well. My Patreon account is native Calgarian, where you can pledge in support. I want to say thank you to the previous donors for already showing your support to the show. If you value listening and can afford to give, thank you. To those that cannot afford to give but listen in, I'd love to hear from you at nativeyyc at gmail.com where you can send in your comments or questions. We are also on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Nativecalgarian.com is also up. Well, I want to say thank you to David Lurie of Voices in Recovery and Addictions Recovery Podcast for giving me a platform to speak that aired on Wednesday, December 19th. I did try to share it to folks, so if you're following me, on uh, Twitter or other um, you know, social media, you should have come across it. If not, check it out. Um, I have so much to talk about, but I don't, if that makes any sense. First of all, I want to give a shout out to Aquaman for that half-breed pride. That was fabulous. Love it. I don't want to give out too much because I know not everybody's seen it yet but go see it and tell me what you thought of Aquaman. I seen one review that said Aquaman's abs are actually healing and I thought that was so hysterically funny I almost died. Anyway (laughs) Um, you probably can hear it in my voice. I'm actually not well. If you've been following what I've been doing, um, Save Prince of Peace Lutheran School has been kind of the highest priority Um, because it was Christmas. I tried to take a break and now I'm sick. And uh, yeah, so that's kind of my world as usual. (laughs) Christmas is always hard on my family for the immune system because it's just that I don't know. There's so much stress to talk about when it comes to Christmas and I think because non-indigenous don't realize that Christmas was like a forced Christian holiday on our people that it's like it's traumatic every year. Every single year it's just trauma, 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 trauma. And uh and it's hard. Like I I love my family to pieces and if they had their way I would be Catholic and you know, it just doesn't work that way. So me trying to walk the red road is actually really difficult. Um, And I know my family loves me and they do it out of love. I've been getting a lot of friend requests. So I just I wanted to throw this out to a few folks. I want to say thank you for wanting to be my friend. But um, my space is really to create safer spaces for Indigenous folks first you know, because we don't really have them in the boundaries of Canada. You know, I've had to police some really insensitive conversations about racism and Indigenous in general. So now I have to ask people to kind of follow me on my more public pages. Um, so we have the Native Calgarian podcast. I'd love you to like that on Facebook. If you want to talk about liberal things, I have two pages that I manage. One is the Calgary Forest Lawn one, and the other one is the Indigenous Peoples Commission under my name. Uh, if you want to talk about Calgary news or municipal issues, I started Michelle Robinson for Ward 10 way, way back when, before, um, the election was ever from 2017, because I wanted to talk about, I wanted people to get to know me. Um, you know, anyway, uh, Celine, uh, Chasm, she was one of the people who ran against me in Ward 10. Um, and I, I don't really like to say it like that. We've both ran for Ward 10. That's probably the best way to say it. She created a documentary called Run Like a Girl where she wants to um try to tell the story of what it was like to run in Ward 10 in the time era that, that we were in. And she was gracious enough to include me. Um, Chevy Rabbit, a lot of folks might know, she uh, they are... uh. Uh, an advocate for uh, hate to hope because a long time ago um, Chevy was beaten actually in, in Edmonton and out of that experience wanted to create it a positive uh, platform and created hate to hope and talked about you know how there are hate crimes in Alber- in Alberta in, in Edmonton but out of that can come some positivity and because Chevy is political like I am um They were gracious enough to invite me to be a part of Indigenous Vote Alberta. So that Facebook page, we focus on um, the Indigenous people who are interested in voting in Alberta. And, uh, you know, we try to be pretty fair. Chevy is, uh, you know, NDP leaning and I'm liberal leaning. No, I'm a liberal, like point blank, I'm a liberal. So uh, for folks who are going to vote that are Indigenous, you know, we try to give the um, perspective there together so that that way, we're, we're together. Um, the provincial politics that I used to be associated with was the Alberta Liberal Party uh, Calgary Greenway Facebook page. So I'll post some liberal updates there for the provincial side. Um, but that boundary, unfortunately, had changed. So now it's kind of going to become irrelevant. But obviously, I still support the Alberta Liberal Party. It's just that the, uh, you know, some of the Um, boundaries will no longer be relevant. If you want to follow my actual work, you can at 12 Community Safety Initiative. And we actually have two pages. The other is Indigenous Pride with 12 CSI. And that's where I really focus on my book club and diversity training and such. There's also Voices, Calgary's coalition of two-spirit and racialized LGBTQ2 uh, IA+, plus, where we talk about, you know, how exhausting it is to be racialized in Calgary and the issues that we face in, in the queer community as well. Even though I identify as uh, straight, you know, I really see the issues of violence towards not just women, femininity, which also includes a lot of homophobic and transphobic issues. So I'm, uh, you know, I try to be a good ally and and try to do what I can there, but at the end of the day, it's a different reality if you're racialized, and that we're all racialized in that group, so I hope you consider it. If you've been following that heartbreaking campaign called Save Prince of Peace Lutheran School, I have a page for that. Uh, I'm going to talk a little bit right now about what it's like to read, um, racism about immigrant and such issues. Um, Right now, there's a lot of hate towards new newcomers and new refugees, and and that is just breaking my heart. I think since 9-11, Islamophobia has been off the roof, and to, you know, really marginalize refugees and new immigrants as terrorists and as awful people is uh, something we're facing right now, and I, I think we had to have the yellow vest movement here in Canada has just been taken by the far right wing. And it's been really hard because, um, you know, if you're racialized in the city, you become a target. I could, I can't even participate in some of the ra- rallies right now because of the, uh, you know, anti-Trudeau, anti-Rachel Notley, anti-women, anti-immigrant, anti-anything that's not white, straight and male. And here I am <laughs> trying to save a stupid, you know, Christian Lutheran school, and I can't get any press for that. Well, that's not true. I want to say thank you to um, a few people who have taken some time to try to learn about the issue. Livewire wrote a great piece on it. Uh, we've had a few good uh, community uh, newspapers write about it. So thank you for that. Um, unfortunately, it's just not the mainstream news when it comes to, um, I guess, the uh, Sun and the Herald and, and that that are big papers here. Um, so anyway, for those who want to be an ally to the Muslim people, because, um, I know as an indigenous person, I would, I wish every single day that non-indigenous would do more for, you know, indigenous folks, but vice versa. When I see my Muslims, uh, brothers, sisters, friends being attacked, I want to do more for them too. So I created, I love Muslims, YYC on Facebook, if you want to be a part of that. And I try to share, you know, public events that are open to everyone, Um, you know, like the Calgary Arab Festival that's coming up, or there's um, open mosques that happen. These are a good time to show the Muslim community your support, get to know a few of the folks and um, raise awareness because uh, Muslims are our, our friends, our neighbors, our family now too. And I don't want anyone to be marginalized and isolated. Some other pages that I share and support on would be uh, Justice for Joey English. Um, I'd want everyone to follow Bring Colton Crowshoe Home and of course Awaton Healing Lodge Society is um, the, the folks who really are the umbrella under the Missing and Murdered Indigenous Women Calgary committee that we all operate under. So those are pages I would want to support. I also have an open to the public Indigenous 101 um, page because it has a ton of the resources. There's nothing more infuriating to me than when people say, I don't know what the solutions are. And I I get so frustrated with that. I mean, there's podcasts, there's library books, there's books, there's so many articles out there. Everything is out there. I, do, I really don't have time for that. I'm too overwhelmed for this because you know what? Learn It's really simple. Join a book club, create one if it's too overwhelming for you, whatever that looks like. Um, You know, I'm not perfect. I try not to be racist, sexist, homophobic, transphobic, ableist, or, or overall disrespectful, but it's a daily challenge in this world that is designed to be all of those things. You know, it's exhausting to exist in a world that wants to eliminate indigenous people. So you just can't understand me without some anti-racism training or some Indigenous training. So I published that note that has a ton of resources for folks and like lots more I need to add to it f- as well. Um, I don't even think I have my podcast <laughs> included in there yet. So there's lots to to discuss and, and go on about. And so if you've been following my Facebook page, um, lots of different things have been happening. It's actually been quite exhausting. This yellow vest... Jacket campaign has just been really hurting my heart because ultimately a lot of it's rooted in racism instead of focusing on some of the issues that it should. Um people are talking about, you know, Justin Trudeau being treasonous even and I just I don't know what like if people understand that term or if it's just that we're so co-opted by Russian bots and hate that people forget what reality is actually like. I mean we're not even hearing Jason Kenney say the terms like indigenous or reconciliation. And yet he has like no political platform whatsoever other than, well, I won't be Rachel Notley. Well, that's not really enough. Um, I need a platform here. And anyone who has listened to me has heard me say if, you know, you don't have a platform that talks about, um, you know, gender issues like a gender uh budget that has the gen- gender plus issue in it then you have no concept of what you're talking about you really have no reason to run um the yellow vest movement is supposed to be about you know jobs and um in in calgary we talk about pipelines all the time this pipeline conversation has gotten co-opted by so many folks that we can't even have like you know, decent conversations anymore. Indigenous in Alberta, there are a lot that feel forced to, you know, comply with industry. Actually, there are lots that trust industry more than they do the government because of the history and the lack of investment and, you know, understanding that history. So, Albertan Indigenous folk are are a different breed than uh, BC folk, and that's okay. Like, it. We don't have to demonize indigenous people in Alberta and that's happening. I don't even feel safe to go to some of these protests. Um, so for example, like my, my husband's in the industry. I've been in the industry. My dad's in the industry. Everyone I know is in the industry. Um, I used to draft wells and pipelines. I, uh, we, my husband and I owned a geomatic supply company at one point in time. Um, to say that you know we are not part of the industry like you can't you can't disassociate from it. it's a part of the the lifestyle of living here and there are a lot of indigenous folk that are engineers, my uncle being one of them and works for one of the the um, companies here you know i um I really wish that we could have a more balanced conversation about this, but right now I'm not even safe enough to go to some of these protests um. People saying things like, our industry is under attack. I've never seen a federal government invest so much into the industry. Prior in under Harper, we had so many barriers with Indigenous and with new technology going into the oil sands that there were a lot of liberals that were forced to go, like myself included, to the Liberal Party because clearly the Conservative Party was not going to hear us. So with that, you know, we have so many... Albertans in the Liberal Party working on positive uh, pro-pipeline type of uh, policies, because prior to that, we were get just being met on deaf ears. I couldn't even get my foot in the door talking to the Conservative Party about the issues that we were facing, me as a small business owner, me as a person as in the industry, and me as an Indigenous person. How pathetic is that? Like, we wanted to be at the table. We weren't even allowed to be at the table. But that just shows the deep, deep, deep-seated racism here. And i it breaks my heart because it doesn't have to be like that, but it has become that. And, um, you know, I've, I've had a, this one new immigrant, he even tagged me in a post basically saying, why aren't more Indigenous people here not understanding at all anything about Indigenous issues, never taking the time to learn a thing about, you know, the deep-seated racism against us? So there's all of these different factors that are happening here right now that's just been really hurtful and exhausting. And, um, you know, and it's supposed to be a festive Christmas time. And instead, I'm seeing racism everywhere. And the comment sections on any Indigenous um, article, you know, that's definitely showcasing some really awful ugliness. I have been enjoying some of the... um, end of year conversations that are out there. Speaker has them. Um, I've seen the Winnipeg Free Press has some good conversations about what this year has been like with a really great conversation on uh, Tina Fontaine's uh, passing and how it has affected the Indigenous community. Um, so that group that I was telling you about, uh, Freedom Path Recovery, they're going to be starting up another um, group of... Uh, well, Briety, they call it. So it's the 12 steps of recovery with the teachings of the medicine wheel. And the elder for that is Marilyn Shin Goose here in Calgary. So they're going to open with a smudge ceremony and uh, have the 12 steps and the medicine wheel. And they'll have a talking circle and, and a closing blessing. And this will be on Tuesdays from 7 till 9 at the Wild Rose United Church. So if you're interested, please have a look at Freedom's Path Recovery Society. And um, support Wild, oh sorry, White Bison Incorporated, and hopefully we'll get some more folks who feel like they have the support that they need in order to be successful. And um, and you know, thank you to all the people working hard on creating um, groups and, su- and such that are not being done by the actual governments who have implemented the uh, intergenerational trauma we're suffering from. Another thing I've had to do is like share some positive feedback and and news about you know Syrians, Syrians giving blood, because people say such awful things about these refugees. They've started businesses. They give blood. They give back to our community. They and and yet people don't recognize these things. And I just want to give a shout out because I recognize it. And um, to me, it doesn't matter if you were you know Irish from the 1700s, or you came from Syria two years ago. Everyone's immigrants here, and everybody is trying to, for anyone to want to leave their ancestral lands, means that the situation was really awful. And I can't imagine, just like I'm sure my ancestors couldn't, um, turning away people. And I'm grateful for that. I would never turn away people. And I wish that Indigenous who, yes, I couldn't agree more, the Indian Act embedded in our Canadian constitution is awful. Yes, but I don't think we should let others suffer because of that atrocity as well. We should be able to start making changes everywhere. Um, for those who do not know, in Ramsey, there's a salon that's a kind of a haven for non-binary clientele. And um, yeah, so if you're anywhere on the LGBTQ2 spectrum and you just want a non-judgmental place to get your hair done... Uh, binge salon by Arabella's is a place of support for equality for a more general gender neutral environment and uh, obviously I just want anyone to feel safe so oh and if anyone knows if they offer ear piercing I'd love to know if they do something I need to check out but when I got time (laughs) it's on my to-do list uh, what's a few other things I wanted to discuss? I think, um, there's been some really good initiatives to do fundraising. I, I can tell you for myself that, uh, my birthday's coming up. So Facebook asked me if I wanted to do, um, you know, uh, any kind of in lieu of uh, charity support. So I tried, uh, right away to put in a few different names and nothing came up, but Awaton did. And Aotan, um, Immediately got a two hundred dollar donation from many folks who were willing to donate, you know, twenty dollars here, ten dollars here, and I'm really grateful for that. But it also shows what your algorithms are on Facebook. They're not dumb. They know to show you the, these charities right away. So I'm happy that it was on the radar of everybody right away. I'm. Uh, I just wish that some of the great articles that we show or post would as well. But I know algorithms are just that algorithms and uh very selective i mean it's like friends that i used to get updates from no longer on my feed you have to go to their facebook wall and like post and say hi and go down their wall and like like for their um you know articles or whatever in order for the facebook algorithms to kind of reset and let them be back on your facebook page and i that annoys me but it is what it is so anyway, some good news that came out was that, um, Iroquois are setting their sights on the Olympics as lacrosse pushes closer to being a recognized sport. Um, yeah, I didn't think I'd have any more than one podcast on the Olympics, but I ended up having three or four. And, uh, you know, so it matters a lot to me as an act of resiliency and and reconciliation. And I hope that we can get lacrosse. Uh, recognized, and I hope that the Iroquois are the ones representing, as it was them who invented the sport, and that is our national sport. Uh, I'm not feeling very well from this, uh, from this headache. So I apologize, and sinus thing that I have going on here. Anyway, a uh, little more. I'm just jumping back and forth a bit to the uh, um, issue of refugees and such. Unfortunately, because of the amount of misinformation that folks are putting out there, the nationalobserver.com put out a really great article called Canada's Top Refugee Authorities Call Out the Conservative Fearmongering." So unfortunately, we're coming up to um, an election, both provincially and federally, and both conservatives are just going like crazy about calling out well, doing fear mongering about, you know, new refugees, asylum seekers and such. And, you know, they keep saying things like, Well, we want them vetted. Well, all of our refugees are vetted. There's no special, you know, system. And and the irony to all of this as well is that the liberals have only been in power three years. Everything that we have here has been done by the conservatives over the last 10 years. And the irony being Jason Kenney being one of them, the guy who wants to run for premier. And I don't know if it's just like the short term political memory loss that people have or what. But ultimately, like we have uh, the US, out of all people, coming to our defense, Canada's defense, and saying, no, we. We don't think that there's anything wrong with what they're doing. Um, we're not concerned about Canada letting in, you know, terrorists, which of course is what people are saying. And um, yeah, our uh, one of our, our ministers had to come out and actually talk about a lot of these um, myths that are out there. So our immigration minister is uh, Ham- Ahmed Hassan. And he said that the first myth is that the global impact of migration is somehow a conspiracy by the United Nations to force countries to follow the UN's prescription of what their national migration policy should be. this false. None of that is true. The agreement is clearly non-binding. It affirms every country's sovereignty to determine its own immigration policies. And you know the frickin' irony of that is, is this guy was a refugee once upon a time. And the irony, of course, being that all the laws that we have are done by immigrants because Canada is an immigrant-imposed apartheid state on Canada. Like, the irony of people saying this. I mean, somebody somewhere came here illegally in order for you to be here and was vetted somewhere in order for you to be here. The second one is somehow this agreement will muzzle free speech and muzzle media in the UN member countries countries again this is not true this is false if this was even kind of true would i even need a podcast because of all of the hate speech that's just totally allowed and out there right now because it is it is perfectly acceptable um today i've seen somebody take a post of um you know when hunters kill an animal and you know they're proud of it they show hey look this elk this has this huge rack and i totally killed it and they take that like pride picture Well, someone had put in like Gerald Stanley's head and Colton Bushy's head and put that out there on, you know, social media. It's public, first and foremost. The person who has it, it's not a Russian bot that only has like 43 friends, but it was an actual person. And this actual person's son was laughing at it. And it was so sickening. And I thought, you know, in my podcast, every single time I talk about creating culturally safe places and what that looks like. And out of all of his, you know, hundred friends, not one single person took the time to give that private message and say, hey, did you know this is kind of wrong or it's inappropriate? Or just report the damn picture. Just anonymously report it. But I got a private message from someone who was hurt by it send it to me. And I'm like, oh, for God's sakes, how hard is it to report this? How hard is it? So for anyone to say, you know, we're muzzling free speech and muzzling media, it's the opposite. Right now we have so much media that is perpetrating like outright lies, outright myths. We have political parties doing that. But now we're in a place that we actually have to go up against this and be like, no, this isn't the case The third one is that how this agreement will somehow erase borders. Again, that's not true. God help me, people. Like, seriously, if we were going to erase borders, like, could you imagine if we actually went back to the Indigenous nation's borders? Like, I wish that you could understand how difficult this conversation is for Indigenous people to even hear you talk about this. Because these borders have been imposed by outsiders already. Like, The Blackfeet Nation, south of the border, is actually split from the Blackfoot Confederacy. I can't put these dots closer together to say how much this conversation is just so out to lunch with Indigenous history and knowledge and education. It literally is showing your incredible ignorance, like literally. So anyway, you know, a lot of folk are just trying to debunk these myths. And I I can't believe we have to waste our time doing this. It shouldn't be this way at all. So, you know, I don't know what to say. These medias that are make corporate medias that are making money capitalizing, you know, off of apartheid, the irony is they're the ones perpetrating this and people actually believe that they're muzzled. These are things I can't understand. Today in Calgary, they finally released the name of the woman who was killed by the police on Christmas Day. And I know all across Native country, we're all going, God, don't be Native. God, don't be Native. God, don't be Native. So the son released the picture of this cute little blonde. She's 29. She's a mother of a nine-year-old. And it said right on there, you know, she was like a Disney princess. You know, and honestly, let's honor her. A a mother struggling with addictions um, linked back to Fort McMurray. Not surprised one tiny bit that she'd been struggling with addiction and not finding the resources in Calgary, and then a cop was forced to, to shoot her. So now we have all of this mental illness issues like compounded and compounded and compounded. Why? Because the Conservatives over the course of the last 40 years have just butchered our social infrastructure when it comes to mental health and addictions. And even to today, we still don't have that in place. And people are all like, oh, my God, you know, we, we can't invest in these things. But the irony is we are losing more money because we're not investing in this. To have the cops chase this woman for hours to have, I'm sure they used not one but two of the helicopters with this whole thing in the Northeast. And then, you know, they had to, what happened was, I guess she ran up against a cop, um, cop car and hit a cop and like all of this damage that was done. Can you imagine instead of all of this time and resources that was invested into that chase, was actually invested into addiction and maybe even prevented this, there's a nine-year-old daughter somewhere without her mother today because of it. And my heart goes out to them for it. And I wish people would understand the gravity of not investing into mental health care. So with that, I'll just move on because I'm getting too emotional. Um... I wanted to highlight a really great um, article that I came across, and um, it was actually filmed in Edmonton, out of all places, on September 27th. Um, This doctor, Dr. Shelley uh, Tolchuk, she has an hour-long video on what race literacy is, and it's a great point to say. Because, you know, um, I can't talk about Indigenous issues without talking about anti-racism training. And here's an hour-long conversation talking about why this is so hard for people to talk about. Because we don't talk about racism anywhere. So people are at, you know, a minus (laughs) negative um, literacy when it comes to talking about race issues. So I did post that. So I'd love to know after watching an hour of it if um, there was anything that resonated with you. Shelly is a nice, blonde, blue-eyed person, so I know for some folk, that's what it takes. I can tell you, I shared it, and I've only had one person click on it according to the algorithms of Facebook. So, love to hear more if people were actually out there listening to it, watching it. This is posted on Native Calgarian. I'll go from there. I wanted to share um, a Twitter post from Levi Little Mustache. that said, a PSA for white people. It's your government robbing you of your money when they give it to the corporations in the form of corporate welfare. And then they reduce taxes for the rich while your taxes increase. And they still give your money to the corporations. So stop scapegoating First Nations. Again, nobody really engaged with that one, which was really disappointing because you know what? We have so many you know, information uh, points out there about debunking tax issues. But again, You know, it's so much easier to hate new immigrants or hate uh, refugees than really look at the corporate welfare system that you have towards corporations and blame, you know, First Nations and new immigrants and refugees. It all is interconnected. I don't know how other folks don't see that. Um, Something that a lot of people nationally may have um, seen, but maybe not. So I just wanted to bring it up is that... uh, In April of 2018, the NDP, they launched uh, a mental health, um, sorry, provincial court um, mental health system. So like a mental health court. And since then, since April, like there's been 2,340 accused that have appeared before the docket. And I thought that was pretty substantial. This is what I mean when I talk about saving money and it is cheaper to invest into mental health than it is not to so like 200 or 2340 people that have had this investment now has saved you even more money because of this investment so we need to start seeing that this is an issue that if we don't invest into it costs us more money over time anyway um in this article really great article by the cbc they talked about criminal cases being up 90% i mean I would argue because of the rise in opioids and other uh, drugs, we've had major issues and addictions and mental health. And I'm so sick and tired of it. I can't even believe that people are okay with this. Anyway, I, out of all of the people that are in this, um, a friend of mine, um, Amna Korshi, she is a legal aid lawyer and an advocate and she says that uh, mental health court is breaking down barriers among groups who have had historically traumatic relationships with the justice system. And I think, she know, we all know who she's talking about. You know, there are benefits that she said that the informal nature of the proceedings and re- and reducing those barriers such as Indigenous um, have given elders a voice in the courtroom as well. So it's really important in terms of reconciliation and being culturally sensitive to what these types of sentences are appropriate for. So this is a program I'm bringing up on purpose. And the reason why I'm bringing it up is so that you can see the need to keep this mental health court system up. So there's a provincial election coming up. Obviously, the NDP is in support of it because they were the ones who implemented it. So if you don't hear the Tories or the liberals or any other party talking about this, ask them because this is a critical part. This is probably saving us. To, I wish they would do an outcome so how much money this this is saving us because I know it's a lot. Anyway, definitely wanted to bring that to your attention because we have two important votes coming up federally and provincially. And these are the types of things that will help reduce your taxes. If all you care about is taxes and not actual ethical and morals of killing people with addictions, then at least this will help you. Uh, Seven great podcasts by Indigenous women. Chatelaine.com. They posted that. I'm not on there, but that's not the point. The point is that there's some great podcasts out there. So if you get tired of listening to me, I understand. I get tired of listening to me too. Please don't hesitate. Go check out some other podcasts from other indigenous folk because I think that these really matter. <laughs> uh so for those who know me, know the reason why I called Native Calgarian Native Calgarian was simply because I was so sick and tired of people appropriating the term Native Calgarian. So there was uh one of my favorite people in the entire world is on Twitter. Um, and she's a doctor who does research um, on like insects and larvae and all sorts of biological things. Anyway, because she's indigenous, she's always calling out racism within the science community. And uh, if you don't know her, you can follow her at Cricket Crocker. Um, so C-R-I-C-K-E-T-C-R-O-C-K-E-R. You know, she tries to lift Indigenous folk, and she also tries to debunk racism within science. Anyway, she talked about, um, you know, using the term native. And she said, instead of using the term native, say local, uh, because it's easy to rephrase, and it doesn't actively dehumanize Indigenous people. And one doctor went, hey, that makes a lot of sense, and said, I sincerely apologize for my insensitive use use of the word native. I certainly don't mean to offend and I think reposting with local instead is a great idea. Thank you for pointing this out and I will definitely think more carefully about the connotations of my words. How simple was that? So simple. So simple. Imagine me not having to use the term native Calgarian just simply because folks who aren't native use the term native Calgarian and I just wanted to take it back and say look it's not okay if you're a local Calgarian great, be a local Calgarian. But if you're native, I'm going to ask you, oh, what nation are you from? And if you don't have an answer, then I might have to school you on the term local instead of native. I thought it was really important to point it out because if other folks can just say, hey, I'm sorry, then that's what I want. And again, not that many folk really clicked on that. It tells me the engagement, people, so I know if you're really paying attention. (laughs) So I shared a lot of the wind speakers, um, you know, updates about uh, some of the articles that they had done in 2014. Because frankly, they did a great job, and it's interesting. The CBC News did a really great article about "Wow, I'm racist." White spaces allowing white people to con to confront their biases. Great article, and now conveniently, the CBC. That one actually got a lot of engagements and a lot of people reached that one, but just conveniently this morning it was taken down. So I'll have to try to find it again. See if we can get more folks to to pay attention to that one. Um, obviously, every Boxing Day I want to acknowledge that thirty-eight uh, Dakota men were executed on the approval of Abraham Lincoln. Every year we talk about it. Every single year, but. I can tell by the amount of engagements that not that many folk actually clicked on it. That's fine. That's fine. Um, Isaac Murdoch... Oh, by the way, that's not fine. You know that. I'm sure. I'm sure you've heard that tone. Um, Isaac Murdoch had a really good um, post on Boxing Day. Many so-called native suicides are not suicides at all. They are deaths caused by depression, which is a direct result of trauma, land dispossession, and colonialism. We need to stop using that word. It's actually called genocide. And I couldn't agree more because I know a lot of native suicides that, you know, the uh, police deem suicides are not. They're just violence against indigenous women and they just don't want to investigate them. So rather than investigating them, they just call them uh, suicides. And it sucks because a lot of families are left really broken from it. And it's just the same thing over and over and over again. And I, I don't know... I don't know. I couldn't watch the inquiry like every single day. I wish I could have. I I wanted to. But ultimately, I just felt like that was one of those conversations we didn't actually speak a lot about. Anyway, just to brighten the mood a little. um, One of the funniest things that happened to me over Boxing Day was that I had a realization, an epiphany, thanks to the CBC pointing it out. One of the folks that I've been trying to elevate her voice on on a regular uh, basis is I've been with the Liberal Party since 2011, and we've been talking about legalizing marijuana since then. And, you know, there's so much education or so much academic research to prove that um, how good weed is, let alone, you know, how much money it costs to give someone a criminal record and put them in jail. And all these things related to weed, but now that especially now that we're in the middle of an opioid crisis, how positive weed can be to help folks uh, get off of these opioids that are potentially killing them. So anyway, Dr. Rebecca Hainsaw is one of those people um, because she's local, and I met her at one of the policy uh, platform no, nonpartisan policy conversations on weed and cannabis. Um, you know, I've been following her on Twitter. Um, talking, trying to share her information quite a bit on my, when I ran as well, just because I think it's really important for harm reduction strategies to be talking about the available research. And she's right here in Calgary. So I didn't think anything of it until the CBC pointed out she was one of the original cast members on Degrassi Junior High. And I'm like, no, she wasn't. We used to watch that show in social studies. There's no way yeah, so she was Kathleen Mead, the Wicked Witch of Degrassi. And it wasn't until they actually showed her, you know, like a little bit of um, videos of her and some pictures of her, like, you know, 20, 30 years later, that I'm like, oh, that really is the same person. Oh, so I didn't know. But this Degrassi child star is actually one of the leading researchers r- researchers, uh, um, on legalizing weed. And it was just by chance that I didn't know it was the same person. Anyway, I thought that was hysterically funny. And also, it's actually kind of a funny thing to talk about the difference between Canada and America when it comes to a teenage star. Um you know, she just moved on and went into university and and did her thing. And you don't see like the child stars. Unfortunately, there's this whole industry about, you know, demonizing them, capitalizing on any mistakes they make and, and that like tabloid newspapers and such that do that in the States. And man, I don't, I don't know anything about her. We just don't do that here in Canada. So I thought that was kind of funny. (laughs) Anyway, but she's, you know, she's a typical Canadian white kid. So I, I just don't think that she um, had to deal with that. But like way back when I was a kid, and um, Degrassi Junior High first came out, like everybody hated it. It was like everybody hated Madonna because she was just too sexually provocative. And, uh, you know, she talked about sex in a positive way for women. So, you know, I grew up in that era. So I remember this really well. And, um, you know, with this, like the real life woman, she actually said that she was growing up in Toronto's Redent Park and that would have been like our Victoria Park here in Calgary at the time where, you know, people were using and selling drugs. Um, sex work was right at her doorstep and she would go every morning to film on set, but she couldn't get a taxi to even drop her off close to the home because of how her neighborhood was viewed. So I really related this to that because... Um, You know, part of the reason why I ran was that I really feel like, you know, Calgary Northeast, Calgary Force Lawn is given like the worst rep when the truth is we're not that bad, uh, especially when you look at our crime stats and such. So anyway, I just thought it was uh, really funny. I really related to this article and I I really hope that like, I don't know, Ben Mulrooney or Rick the Temp, sorry, he was called Rick the Temp when I was growing up, but Rick Campanelli, um, I hope they do some, uh, you know, a story on her, because I think it's a really great story to tell. And uh, for those old enough to remember Degrassi Junior High, the original one, just a funny little connection there that I thought, ah, oh, how many people put that together? I know I didn't. So I was trying to share a lot of the stuff of uh, from Mom Stop the Harm, because I think harm reduction obviously is a critical conversation to have. And um, I just want people to understand the gravity of the issue that, you know, moms are losing their kids, whether they're 20 or whether they're younger. It, it, this isn't okay anymore. Um, Women Delivering 2019 Mobilization Canada uh, released an article that actually said the 10 best countries to be a woman. Well, Canada, of course, is not on that list because of all of the issues that we have. So I wanted to point out that I applaud the Premier, Rachel Notley, for starting a women's ministry. For those who did not know, we've never had one here in Alberta until Rachel Notley's NDP government. Um, And I want to, of course, applaud the Prime Minister for introducing a gender plus um, into the budgets. I know that the Premier did as soon as uh, it was done federally. And if those aren't in platforms, then look for them because like internationally, they are measuring these inequalities. And we have policies that are immeasurable, and and they're measuring inequal. So we need to start working on these things. And if a party doesn't have it, don't vote for them. And if you're you're voting for a party that doesn't have it, then know you are directly voting for the oppression of a group of people. Know it. And I want you to feel that. I want you to feel it. To know that if you're voting for someone who doesn't talk about reconciliation, if you're voting for someone who isn't for equality and women's rights, you are literally voting for oppression. So think about it before you vote. Um, Yeah, so Rwanda is doing better than Canada. Way to go, Canada. Way to go. So I hope your Christmas was good. Definitely want to... um, wish everybody safe travels for the New Year's as well. Um, One of the propaganda pieces that Canada put out in 1962 was the uh, Roman Catholic-run Canloops Indian Residential School (laughs) documentary called The Eyes of Children, which they painted this rosy picture of what um, Indian Residential School kids in Canloops did for Christmas. Which I thought was so ridiculous and actually really re-emphasized to me how imposed Christmas and Christianity is on Indigenous people. And um, I broke my mom's heart. To be fair, she was a little passive aggressive to me about, you know, not calling on Christmas Day. But, uh, you know, I told her, I think when my daughter is old enough, I just don't think we're going to celebrate it anymore. Because it's just, it's so, every year I'm getting sick. Every single Christmas I get sick because it's a one time a year that you're like forced and pulled into all these different directions and it's never good enough for anyone. Thanks a lot for that guilt trip taught by Christianity. Anyway, um, another article that I posted to try to start creating some balance about this pipeline issue. Um, CBC put out a, an article about, you know, drawing a line in the oil sands and, it really brings it back to that conversation that I'm trying to have about inadequate uh, consultation processes, and we've been talking about this as Indigenous people for years, including under Harper. And um, now, of course, the courts are forcing it. And I don't know. I'd like to think the Liberals would have done it, but I don't know if they would have. But the courts are forcing this that we have to reevaluate the uh, process that we do, but also the oil ro- royalties and the taxes, like. Indigenous aren't getting that, neither are the First Nations, or the Métis, sorry. And we need to start working harder on that, so that, you know, we don't have to be bringing in water to everybody, and uh, folks can just turn on their water. These are conversations we can't have until people start to understand, but this was the one that really emphasized the point that there's a lack of trust between the government and Indigenous, but they have more of a trust for the actual corporations. So. And yeah, I just want you to really think about that and think about what you're talking about when it comes to the pipeline issue, because um, if it's deep seated and rooted in racism, whether against indigenous people or newcomers, then we have a real problem here. I mean, it was the Chinese that built the railway because they could do it for so cheap and nobody cared if they died. And ultimately, I would argue that the whole temporary foreign workers program is the exact same modern day example of not giving people the human rights and dignity that they um, are well deserved for. So we need to start being honest about the racist policies in Canada and uh, the racist sentiments in Canada. There's lots of um, information out there about the roots of racism in Canada, whether you're talking about Warren Kinsella's uh, book that he put out years ago that really documented a lot of the, you know, KKK rising in uh, Caroline and, and that area. And uh, I remember growing up in Sylvan Lake there. So, you know, you have crosses down the street burning because you have a bunch of neo-Nazi skinheads having rallies. It's It's incredible to me. And we have these problems today in Calgary. So I really want people to be calling this out just as I go through all the cultural um, safeties and boundaries at the uh, start or at the end of my podcast, depending on whether you listen to the first 30 or the next ones, um, you can do that on Facebook. You can easily go on Facebook and say, Hey, look, my friend's being racist. I'm going to say, Hey, have you considered this? Have you considered that? Cause I can't do this alone and you really have to help me out here. If you have friends and family that have uh, deep-seated racist beliefs, then we need to start working on that because that's not helping anybody. Anyway, I know uh, Gracie Heavy Runner who was on um, my podcast, she was working hard over the Christmas holidays. So again, more Indigenous podcasts if you're tired of listening to me because I know I'm tired of listening to me. So with that, I just want to say have safe holidays. Make a safety plan to create a safer space for folks and First Nations Again, the First Nation Inuit um, for Wellness helpline, one 242 3310 toll free, open 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And for non-Indigenous, there's distressed uh, lines in your area as well. Indigenous have been talking about issues, sharing our traumas in reports, commissions, and in public, just so that it can be regularly disregarded, no more. Honour those words. Honour the treaties. Listen to politicians and their policies and platforms. If they don't recognise the marginalised in their budget with gender equity plus, if they are cutting violence prevention programmes and services, know that your vote is uh, directly impacting marginalised people. Demand they implement the Truth and Reconciliation Commission calls to actions and the recommendations of the Royal Commission on Aboriginal People, the multiple reports on child welfare reform, and violence prevention. Our people are experiencing extreme racism in the educational and health institutions with multiple reports that say the same things, demand change from election platforms and politicians. And if they don't understand colonialism, racism, and sexism, they literally have zero business running. Uh, this should be understood by all parties and local politicians, as well as community organizations, sports organizations, etc. Violence is just my everyday reality. Every Indigenous generation has faced it. That's why I started this podcast, to speak freely, without interruption, without tone police, without leadership shaming, without gaslighting questions, as many people don't want to hear Indigenous opinions, but sure want to tell us theirs, and usually by people who know nothing about Indigenous um, colonialism, the constant surveillance of Indigenous people, Our protests, our vigils, our rights, um, microaggressions that we deal with every single day with internalized racism. Those people who are gatekeepers and survive off the status quo or folks who are really still in their trauma and stop the good work of other people. You know, internal and external racism is an everyday reality for Indigenous people. And that's why I needed this podcast. My hope is that my family will be proud in the future discussing these present day issues in a way that they can understand down the road. I want to put in cultural safety into action so that you can create safer spaces for people of color, those with disabilities and LGBTQ2 issues. Um, Say something. Having good intentions is not enough. Take actions. That might mean you have to report a picture on Facebook or just try to approach them and speak out against racism because you can report that picture. But that's not going to stop their underlining hate. You got to talk to them about it. You got to find allies to create yourself a support system so that you can create for those culturally safe approaches. Take responsibility for your own learning. Read, reflect, and when I say reflect, I mean it. Ask questions to yourself. Do not expect this learning to come from others all the time with all the resources that are available. Beware of your assumptions, your biases. Question everything that you've ever learned about Indigenous people and take steps to actively disrupt those stereotypes. Commit to lifelong learning. Be prepared to be uncomfortable. Understand colonialism and the legacy of racism as an ongoing and difficult task. I want to say thank you to here to help BC.CA what is cultural, Indigenous cultural safety and why I should care about it for that link? Internalized and... Um, Lateral violence is another form of violence, indigenous and marginalized folks experience by the structure of racism imposed on these lands, such as through the Indian Act and Indian Residential School and other clearing the plains policies. So look it up, look up what is internalized racism and lateral violence and, you know, don't be a bystander for these interventions. If you witness um, instances of racism anti-black, anti-Muslim, anti-indigenous, anti-trans, anti-anything. Just step up, you know, be a a witness, make your presence known, make eye contact, get permission to film, well, film the incident and get permission later. So easy to delete. Um, Is the person engaging with the harasser or not? Can you offer suggestions like, do you want me to walk over here? Do you want to move to another train car? Do you want me uh, do you want him to leave you alone? Could you imagine if somebody is actually saying, hey, baby, I totally want to, you know, let's do this. And you as a bystander said, hey, do you really want him saying those awful things and touching you that way? And her having the opportunity to say no shows everyone around, hey, that's wrong. Imagine if people actually did that. Imagine a world where people stood up and they seen a nasty Facebook page or post and actually ask their friends about it. Um, Do what you can to keep yourself safe. Don't call the police unless a person asks you to. For many communities experiencing harassment now, whether addiction, um, Muslim, black, queer, indigenous, trans, immigrant, police can actually cause greater harm for people being harassed, don't escalate the situation. The goal is to get the person to safety and not incite further violence from the attacker. For all you conservatives out there, save yourself some some of your damn tax paying money. Cause we all know that's all you care about is your money, 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 money. So imagine if you actually saved yourself your money, 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 by not calling the police every single time that you think you're scared? What if you actually, you know, weren't so scared and actually looked at your fellow human beings as human beings? Don't do nothing. Silence is dangerous. It communicates approval and leaves the victim high and dry. If you find yourself too nervous to speak out, move closer to the person being harassed and communicate your support with your body. If you're experiencing emotional distress and want to talk, call the First Nation Inuit Hope for Wellness Helpline at 1-855-242-3310. It's toll free and open up 24 hours a day, seven days a week for non-Indigenous, call your local distress line. Thank you to my ancestors um, for what strength looks like through your example. I want to thank my dad for teaching me to be strong and blunt, my stepmom for showing me what a proud culture is through her Austrian roots, and for teaching me how to be a proud calgarian it is through her i am a second generation proud calgarian thank you to my husband for producing and editing the show on top of being my husband my childhood friend father of our children of our child sorry (laughs) i'm sick and support down my journey of the red road you've witnessed decades of racism and sexism and to our child who we are blessed to learn from every day you are honored that you chose us. You give me daily accountability to be a better, stronger person. My patron account again is Native Calgaryan. I want to say thank you to Amanda, Ashley, Beatrice, Diana, Dustin, Jody, Julie, Joni, Judy, Julie. Julie. Oh, that's a tongue twister when you're sick. Okay, Joni, Judy, Julie, Canna. Matt, Nathan, Sharon, The Sprawl, Tiffany, and Veronica, thank you for for signing up. I'm sick. If you value listening and can afford to give, thank you. For those who cannot afford to give but listen in, I'd love to hear from you at nativeyyc at where you can send in your comments and questions. We are also on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, nativecalgarian.com is up, and share with your friends if you think what I'm saying is of value. Thanks again for listening.